Okay, we are in Sefer Melachim, Perik Chaf, Pasuk Chaf Beis. Let's recap. We saw yesterday a miraculous victory by Achav and his very threadbare army consisting of 232 teenagers, it looks like, and 7,000 loyalists who had stayed uh, true to the Kaddish Baruch Hu rather than the Baal against a coalition of 23 kings and over 100,000 troops. Achav scores a total rout and preemptive victory over Hadad Melech Aram. There is no way one can interpret this as having been a natural occurrence, Derech Hateva. This had to be a miracle of the highest order performed by the Kaddish Baruch Hu for Achav. And the men are totally routed, Aram. Now we pick up on Chavbeis. Vayigash Hanavi El Melech Israel. the same Navi comes to Achav. Vayomer now go and fortify yourself because you have to get ready for round two. This isn't the end of it. Because at the coming of the new year, before Rosh Hashanah, before Tishrei, when it's warmer and the climate is more favorable to him, they are going to come at you again. But also, the Radak says, uh, Be careful what you do. In other words, don't expect like another miracle like was performed for you in battle one. And the Radak tells us what they're warning him is that I gave this to you as a miracle, no strings attached. Now you have got to do tshuva. You've got to prepare yourself because it can't be total reliance on the Kaddish Baruch Hu's um, store of miracles. And the implication and inference is that Achav had been backsliding. He was back to his Avodah Zorah, and the threat is if it weren't going to be accompanied by Chuba, don't be so sure you're going to have another miracle. Pasachav Gimel, but Avde Melech Aram Amruelav, and the servants of Hadad, king of Aram, told him, Eloheim Eloheim. You know, we lost this battle because their God is the God of mountaintops. In other words, this was topographical warfare we lost. Al-Kain Chazkumi Menu, strengthen yourself. This time, fight them in the plains. Their Kaddish Baruch Hu is an expert on mountain fighting, but on the plains, we can win easily. What makes them even say this is the fact they argue that the greatest miracles performed were on mountaintops. Har Sinai, Matam Torah, even now we saw Har HaKarmel, the triumph over the Baal. So don't let them entice you to the mountains. That's where the Kodesh Baruch Hu is strong. Get them into the plain, the leveled land. 
that's where we can take them. An absurd topographical argument. Nonetheless, they add to him, and this is sound advice. His generals, his regional leaders tell him, Get rid of the kings leading the troops. It says that these are not generals, they are not strategists, moreover they are feared for their own lives. Get more effective, knowledgeable military men in there. <coughs> A very sound piece of advice. Now his advisors continue, now count out chayel kechayel, replace each soldier lost with the soldier. died. Besus kesus, every horse you lost, get another horse. Verechev kerechev, and chariot to try and replace everything according to its number. We will fight them in the plain. That's how we will win. It's very sound advice. Uh, <coughs> Hadad Melech Aram listens by Yishmael Akolam by Yaskin. He does exactly what they have recommended. But Yehila Chubas Hashana, now it's come around to the beginning of the new year. By Yifkod ben Hadad as Aram, he enlists all these men from Aram. By Yal Afeka lemilchama im Yisrael. And now he goes up to Afeka lemilchama in Yisrael. Afeka is surrounded by a huge plain. But that what was really mystifying, Afeka is in Yehuda. It's a town in Yehuda. This isn't Israel. This is not on Aramean territory. In Yehuda, why would Yehuda allow them to do a staging camp for a battle in the center of, of Yehuda in Afeka? And especially, there was a history of warfare, of course, between the ten tribes of the north and Yehuda, but. Interestingly, commentators say this was a period of relative peace. There was a peace treaty, and yet they have declared neutrality. It's a very puzzling incident why they see to them uh, a plane like Afeka. And later we're going to see that's the town they're going to seek refuge in. So, Vayigash Ishelokim, and now the Navi comes before Vayomer el Melech Yisrael. This is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying. Because they said that God is only triumphant on mountains, but on valleys and plains, no. I am going to turn this over and you will know that I am the Lord. In other words, he's saying not because on your merit. This has to do with the covet Hashem. That it, it's been an insult to the Kaddish Baruch He's saying, yes, he's good on mountains. He's nothing in terms of valleys and plains. So that, I am guaranteeing you a victory. Did you want to say yes. something? Yes, isn't it a little bit odd? That Hashem would be like insulted, yeah. and that this this changes his the, strategy the, for the war. You know, you would think that uh, the important part is Israel's, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
tshuva or, or uh, belief in Hashem, and it's hard to believe that after the first battle that, that Ahav could, could falter. Right. What does it matter what someone who doesn't know, some he, king, says? Yes, but that's exactly the point. That in other words, the covered Hashem. This so now what would happen is let's say if it followed its natural course, Achav would lose. He's done no tshuva. He's done no as it's it's a hundred thousand against two hundred and thirty-two, and so then Bnei Yisrael would say, sure, maybe they're right, the king of Aram, that Kaddish Baruch who can only fight on mountaintops. And so yeah, it's not so much a. Uh, a personal insult, but it's a lesson for history that the, you have got to be careful in confronting the Kodesh Baruch In any case, so, um, the two armies are arrayed against each other in the plain, the Nerafeka, Shivas Yomim. For seven days they face each other in a stand down. On the seventh day, the war is joined. B'nai Israel kills a hundred thousand Arameans in one day. So the miracles are still being supplied by Yonusu Hanosorim and the remnants Afeka Elohir. They run into the town of Afeka, but as they're running in, the walls collapse, killing an additional 27,000. You cannot attribute this to you know, military skills. Uh, it is a total replay of the miracle. Uven Hadad, Hadad Melech Aram, Nos flees into the city of Ha'ir, Cheder Becheder, into the most inner sanctum protected place he can. And now he is defeated. However, by Yomurei Love Avadav, his servants say, Look, Hinei Nashramanu Kimalchei Beis Yisrael, Kimalchei Chesedhen. They are people of, of, of kindness, of forgiveness. Um, let us gird ourselves in sackcloth as a symbol of just abject servility ropes on our head which connotes that we're ready we accept our punishment of hanging and let's go out send a delegation to Ahab Maybe he will, in the historical kindness and forgiveness and midos harachim of B'nai Israel, he will spare your life. By Yachterusakim, they do exactly that. They dress in sackcloth, the Mosneim, the ropes around their head. By Yavoel Melech Yisrael, and a delegation goes to Achab. By Yomu Abdecha ben Hadad Omar Tehino Nafshi. Hadad, your slave, your servant, says, just save my life. Grant me my life. By Yomer, Odeno Chai, Ochihu. Achavan says, is he still alive? He's my brother. How could he say that? This man was out to kill him with an army of 100,000 twice, and he's saying, the man is my brother. In any case, by Hashim Yenachshu, they'd listen for this. The Arabians, their ears are attuned to this. Here they're coming ready to surrender as abject slaves. And he says, 
He's my brother. It's like God said to them, they make the decision, and now they say, they adopt the language. Yes, the brother Ben Hadad, and they say, go, Achav says, go, bring him. Ben Hadad comes to greet him, and Achav helps him off the chariot, like extends a hand, this guy, it's just inexplicable. Not enough that he's showing him this respect, he's calling him his brother. Says, I am going to return to you the cities that my father took from you, from Aram, Oshiv, I return. I'm going to give you all the rights of taxation and hegemony in Damascus. Like my father had in Shomron. I'm going to make a covenant with you. This is all unbidden. Just you got to look at it from um, Hadad's perspective. He's being had as a prisoner to beg for his life, and suddenly he's got his lands back, he's got his territory back, he's got a covenant that he just didn't ask for. Nothing is asked of him in return, and yeah, why not? They make a covenant. What is Achab thinking of here? Well, isn't it possible from a strategic view that this secures Israel's north? Good question, except I have left out, and this is my fault, one key point, and I'm glad you reminded me. When the Navi comes to him at the beginning of the war, it says Vayomer twice. In other words, I am going to save you in this war. The second Vayomer, the Mephorshim say, is on the condition that you kill every last one of them. In other words, there's no room for political long-range strategy here. He is to kill them in the same way Shaul was supposed to kill every member of Amalek, including Agag, the king, and the women. And he doesn't do it. So now, the same Nabi comes to Omar al We are going to do here a parable. We have learned that the classic parable is we saw when Nassim, the Nabi, comes to King David after Uriah. He's killed Uriah. He's taken Bathsheba. Tells him a story of a poor, poor man who had only one goat, and someone comes along and stole the goat, takes the goat from him, leaving him with absolute nothing in abject poverty. And David says, and he says, what would you do to such a man? And David says, he's got to be killed. Um, so the point is that in a parable, it's thinly disguised to be the person you're telling the parable to. The guy is being asked to now make judgment, and now once he makes the judgment, he is stuck with it because he is really the um, protagonist in the parable. So here they're going to tell Achav such a parable. Says the Navi, Ishechad Hashem, a Navi, tells someone, as an acquaintance, in the name of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hakenino, strike me. So, and very naturally, the guy recoils from hitting him. He's a Navi. 
because you have not listened to the call Hashem. The minute you leave me, a lion will devour you. The guy refused to hit the Navi, certain logic, um, and he is to be devoured because he disobeyed the word of the Navi. Now another man comes by Yomer Hakeni, you know, he says, Hakeni hit me, and he wounds him. In other words, you have to listen to that first Navi. Navi, now the Navi says to Achav, he's disguised as a poor man, and he yells to the king, your servant is the second part of the parable. I went out in the middle of the war, they brought to me a man, guard this man, you fail to guard this man, and he gets away his life, uh, your life, instead of his. Okikar Kesef, to stole in addition to a monetary damage. Vayhi Abdecha Osehena, Vahena, Nenu, comes back, the guy isn't there. Vayomare love Melech Yisrael, Kain Mishpartecha Ata Harachte. It's as you say, the man should be put to death. Achav is, of course, pronouncing his own death sentence here, as it were. And we go back to the situation the Gemara tells us, that when Shaul spared Aga, the Gemara says, don't be such a tzaddik. Because what happens if you have a misplaced compassion, you're going to end up having no compassion for someone who's deserving of compassion. And so we see that he lets Agag live, and the next thing he does, the next sentence, is he destroys the city, he massacres the city of Kohanim uh, in uh, Nov. We're going to see here with Achav, he has this compassion, he's my brother, why kill him, etc. And the next thing he's going to do after he is punished for this is the most brutal one-on-one into the king to a subject in Tanakh, specifically the, the uh, harem of Novot. So now he's rebuked uh, Achav, and Achav does not take this well, but he recognizes him as the Navi. And he says to him, now that you said this man out of, 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 of altruism, just as in the parable, your life under his, but violating the oath, your nation under his nation. So he goes back to his home. He is angry, dejected, totally uh, angered by this thing, by Yavos Shomrona, he comes back to Shomron, and now you're going to see him as the engineer and architect of one of the most bloody, brutal, malevolent incidents in Tanakh, the Kerem Nabos, the vineyard of Nabot, 845 from Hashem Monday, Adkan.